1: When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Santana into the windup. The payoff pitch on the way. Swung out and missed. Strike three. He's done it. Johan Santana has pitched a no-hitter.
0: When New York sports
1: happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the Fleet Odyssey app.
0: Welcome back to the Fan, Lori Rubinson here with you, and the NHL trade deadline is on Friday, and so I thought, you know, it is that time of year, and it's a good time to have on a good guest to talk about it, but little did I know that a huge trade would blow up on us this evening, making it even more important to have on as my guest, EJ Raddick. Uh, He is the senior reporter from the NHL Network. Hey, E.J., how are you?
1: Hi, Lori. It's it's very fortuitous (laughs) to be on tonight. So, yes, you must have, like, uh, that special timing. You must have the spidey senses going. So happy to be here.
0: I guess I did. I reached out to you a few days ago. I confess. I was thinking, well, you know, maybe there's a Patrick uh, Kane trade we're talking about, and then here we have it. So let's start with timely um one of the biggest names that was you know being that, that was being considered could be traded at this uh, trade deadline and it's the new jersey devils trading for timo meyer and so first let's start with um what does this trade tell you about how the devils feel about their team well, they,
1: they like their team a lot. And uh, listening to Tom Fitzgerald tonight, he did, a, uh, he did a media availability afterwards. You know, he talked about the fact that they were ahead of schedule. He likes the, you know, the fact that uh, their younger players are really emerging. Their, their acquisitions over the last couple of years have really fitted nicely. Dougie Hamilton has settled into that number one defense role. They went out and fixed their goaltending in the offseason when Vitek Vanacek uh, they've added other players along the way. John Marino is another good a good addition they made this past year. So you put that together, and they just feel like they're really ahead of schedule. Lori, when you watch them, I mean, your mm-hmm. eyes don't lie. I mm-hmm. mean, they're, they're good, they are fast, and they intimidate with their speed. So the Devils feel like they're in a good position right now to make a move like this. And, you know, the other thing is they're loaded with really high-end prospects and draft picks, so they were in a position to kind of, jump through this window for a player that they think really is gonna fit in nicely. He's another Swiss born player, so there's a connection there with uh, with Nico Heesha their captain and also Jonas Siegenthaler. So there's that. The fact that this he's is also a 20, really really good player. He's yeah, twenty six years player. old. I mean yeah. that's the other yeah. part of it.
0: Usually you make yeah. these trades and somebody's thirty four. This is a twenty six yeah. year old.
1: Yeah and and they're likely I mean let's see we'll see how it plays out. I mean they didn't announce any um, they didn't announce a, uh, a contract, contract extension, extension today, yeah. but just a little background last year, Floyd Lemieux, the former NHL player, the former New Jersey Devil, is now in the agent business. He is the agent of Timu Meyer.
0: Mm-hmm. He was
1: also the agent of Hampus Lindholm, who was acquired by the Boston Bruins last year around the same time at the trade deadline, and then subsequently, not too many days after, they signed a long-term extension, and Hampus Lindholm has been a big part of the Bruins team, which has been a great story this year. So I would think the Devils feel they have a good chance to sign Timo Meyer. We'll see if that plays out, but they do have control of this player the next couple of years. He's not an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, although he does present some challenges because you have to qualify him at $10 million next year, which is probably not what the Devils would pay him on a longer term per season. But again, these are things that could get worked out. But you're right. He fits into their window. He's a really good player. He brings uh, skill and and size to their to their group. Uh, Talked to John McClain, who is now the assistant coach for the Islanders, was the assistant coach for the Sharks last year, and couldn't say enough nice things about Timo Umar. Just a terrific player, great competitor. I just think it's a great fit, and the Devils, in the end, yeah, they gave up picks, first-round pick, potential second first-round pick. There's contingencies on these things, but at the end of the day, they gave up picks. They gave up some good prospects. They didn't give up their best prospects, and they didn't give up Dawson Mercer, who was someone that the San Jose Sharks really did want the Devils to include in this deal. At the end of the day, that was a non-starter for the Devils. So in the end, uh, I think it's a really good trade for the Devils. I think for the Sharks, I think they did as good as they were going to do in this situation, as often happens with teams that are in a situation where they really have to try to rebuild.
0: Yeah, you were you were just getting, you know, intimating it, but what, you know, in terms of, you um... What kind of player for people who don't stay up as late often and, and, and haven't seen as many Sharks games? Um, what kind of player is Timo Meyer? Um, what is he bringing to the Devils that they haven't had?
1: Well, he just gives them, I think, a little bit more size and bulk. He's not like a six foot five forward, but he's, he's thick, he's strong, he goes into the, the really difficult areas of the ice, and he's got a high skill level and so when i look at the devil's group of forwards right you know i wouldn't i characterize that group as extremely fast they're skilled they're not big you know and i think to add a, a combination of, of of really a strong skater a strong player a guy that's hard to knock off the puck who's going to get into those those battle areas and win those battles and then to have that combination of speed. I mean, he was a high draft pick. I think he was the ninth overall was, pick yeah, ninth in overall. the year he was drafted. I mean, it's yep. funny. The Devils had a crack at him. They went and picked <laughs> Pavel Zuck at six overall, <laughs> and he ended up going at nine. Uh, Miko Rantan went at ten. I mean, we could go all the way through that draft. That was a good draft. There was a lot of interesting things that went on. And in the end, that's – that's when I think about the Devils doing what they're doing, when you trade some first-round picks, those things are a crapshoot. And the first-round pick the Devils have this year is likely not going to be much higher than 24, mm-hmm. 25. 20, you know, you don't know where it's going to be. I mean, they've had a good season, so yep. it's not going to be the first overall pick in the draft. So the time was right. This is a really good player. He fits the Devils for a lot of different reasons. I think it was a real, a real smart move by New Jersey. I expect that they will get him signed on a longer-term deal down the road. And the devils are in a good position moving forward because they're growing this group together at pretty much the same age group. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to be good now and, and really moving forward into the future.
0: So I was going back and forth with some devils fans, um, on social and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. The Devils have this now, this window that is opening with all these young players, where you feel like they're going to be good for a, a while to come, for years now. But um, Devils fans, of course, wanting to know, well, what does EJ think about this season? So, um, with this move, <laughs> um, you know, how how high is up? How far could the Devils go? Well, I mean. Listen, in the
1: Eastern Conference, Laurie, there's there's six really good teams. It's pretty well-defined right now. I mean, you have Carolina, the Rangers, the Devils in the Metro. You have the Bruins, the Lightning, who made a move tonight as well, and the Toronto Maple Leafs in the Atlantic. I mean, after that, there's six or seven teams vying for two spots. They're good teams. They're not at the level of those six teams. Boston has had a historic season. It's been off the charts. But as we know, watching hockey, particularly over the last couple of decades, the teams that that have the great regular season don't always win the Stanley Cup. Now, maybe Boston will be an outlier. I mean, boy, they've got a lot of things going their way, and they made a really good trade earlier in the week to add some really nice pieces to an already strong group. So they'll be tough to handle. But those six teams, Lori, if you told me any one of those six ended up in the Cup Final, I wouldn't be that surprised. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might be a little surprised, maybe more, one more than the other, but not really because they're really good teams. It's going to depend, as I always say about the playoffs, it's going to be at the end when the season is over. How healthy are yep. you? And how? what's the matchup? Like some teams yeah. match up well against other teams. Like for me, if I'm the Devils, right now it looks like they would play the Rangers in the first round. I don't mind that matchup if I'm the Devils. I think the Devils, having seen all – of their games played thus far this year, and they've been some interesting games where teams take leads and then the other team wins. I think it's played out that way three times. I think the Devils intimidate with speed, and they they the Rangers I think are aware of how fast the Devils are, and they 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 can't be quite as aggressive as they want to be. Mm-hmm. So I think that throws the Rangers for a little bit of a loop. Now the Rangers will again. How healthy will the Rangers be when it come play time? Will this matchup even unfold? Will you know, maybe the Devils will want to run and finish first and play someone else. Maybe the Rangers will want to run. Maybe Carolina will. But if they play the Rangers, I think that's I mean, first of all, for the for the city it's great, right? Yeah. Because for this area, mm-hmm. it's a great matchup. But I, I don't think that's a bad matchup for the Devils. It doesn't mean I think they're gonna win. I just think that, like, hey, they could win that matchup. And we'll see who's healthy, who's playing well at that time. Other teams, like when you like the Devils have not fared well against the Bruins this year. No one has, I guess. So, really, you know, maybe that's not a matchup that's as fortuitous, and I don't think the Devils would worry about that, probably the way things set up now for a while down the road in the playoffs. But, you know, those are the things that come to mind for me. So when you say, you know, what can they do this year? Devils have been fun to watch. They're fast. If they can dictate tempo in their games and if their goaltender plays well enough, they're going to have a chance against anybody they play because uh, yeah, I really like their team. I like their group on defense. Jack Hughes is a flat-out superstar. Yep. Every time he gets the puck, you lean forward in your seat. And uh, like I said, if they're healthy and uh, and Timo Meyer can come in and be healthy and fit in, that's just another piece of the puzzle. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we've seen stranger things happen in sports. So the, the Devils are, to me, they're one of the better teams in the league, and they're certainly in that top six group of the best six in the East.
0: And we both know there are a few things more fun in sports. Like, of course, you want, you know, if you're a fan, you want your team to win the championship. But there are a few things that are more fun than watching a, an ascending young team that arrives a year early in a season that feels like it is, um, you know, kind of, a, a, you know, a found, found money. You know, y- you didn't expect it. Um, so kind of feels like that's where the devils are right now. And those seasons are always filled with joy. Uh, talk to EJ Raddick about the NHL trade deadline. Um, oh, we lost EJ for a second. All right. Well, we'll get him back. Um, while we're getting him back, I wanted to talk obviously about the Rangers. That's where I was pivoting right now and talk about the Rangers at the trade deadline, but not just at the trade deadline. Rangers played a really interesting game on Sunday uh, today and if you didn't see it, part of what made this game interesting was that not only were the Rangers coming into the game with an, you know an injury to one of their top six uh, really they you know play five defensemen um, uh, and they play, you know play their top six defensemen in, injured so they were coming into the game playing five defensemen anyway and then Keandre Miller, draws a penalty for spitting gets tossed out of the game and now with 43 minutes left in the game the rangers are stuck playing with four defensemen and it just made for riveting hockey in a really really fun game and for a rangers team that it was on a four-game losing streak suddenly Uh, whatever the circumstance, they just dialed it in and played um, such focused hockey and one of their best games of the season. Um, I think we welcome back in EJ Raddick from uh, NHL network. EJ there.
1: I'm back. I'm back.
0: Um, I just was about to pivot to the Rangers anyway. And I was going to say is I want to talk about them at the deadline, but I also wanted to talk about what was a really entertaining um, hockey game on Sunday. And, Um, I just wanted your point of view, first of all, just how, for people who don't follow the league as closely, how unusual and how challenging is it for a team to play most of a hockey game, 43 minutes of a game with only four defensemen?
1: Well, it's rare. Uh, there's no question about that. You dress six for a reason. Mm-hmm. And the game is played at a high, high tempo. So you want to have your six guys there. Now, that said, hockey players love to play. <laughs> and a guy like Ben Harper today might have been the happiest guy in New York <laughs> because he got to play in an NHL game almost 30 minutes today <laughs> in a game that his team won. Uh, so these guys, they grow up. They play in different situations. They're star players at is the junior level or the – their minor league teams or their college teams, and they're used to playing a lot of minutes. They come to the NHL, and then the pecking order comes down, and only the very, very best play those, those kind of minutes. So it's unusual. It's not something you want to do repeatedly throughout a season. It would wear you down because you put yourself in a position with that many minutes. You Guys can get hurt. There's fatigue. The decision-making isn't as good. But in a one-game scenario like you saw today, I think those guys see it as a real challenge, and again, Ben Harper, who doesn't play those kind of minutes, is probably just tickled to be out there and having that opportunity, and probably real excited to do it. Maybe a little tired right now, but uh, uh, you know, and they rose to the occasion and they played well in the game. They got the lead, they they scrambled a little bit, but they were able to to get a couple late and finish off the Kings. And they also survived what could have been a real difficult injury when Mika Zibanejad was hit with a. Slap shot by uh, off the stick of Drew Doughty, and uh, it looked for a moment that he might not be returning. And he came out for the third period, and not only did he come out, he played well and he scored a goal. Yep,
0: yeah, yeah, no, that would have been a massive injury, and watching him need to be helped off the ice, you know, essentially, you know. Practically carried off the ice, and then he comes back in the third period. Um, obviously, another big story in this game was uh, the play of Vincent Trocek, who you know had a uh, had a terrific game, scored a couple of goals. That was big. Um, when you look at this Rangers team, and they had been on, you know, had been playing really well, then suddenly you have the four game losing streak with all of the rumors swirling. Um, in your experience and, and observing teams, is you know, is it as simple as sometimes around the trade deadline when players are worried about b- being traded or who might come and all of this? Is that you know a distraction like that kind of explain a team um, getting into a rut? It can happen.
1: It can happen. I've seen it happen before. I mean, the Rangers were on a I think it was a 10 game point streak or seven game winning streak seven game they, winning streak
0: yeah, yeah yeah they
1: lost they lost in Calgary in, a, in overtime or a shootout mm-hmm. they came home they had 50 shots against Winnipeg and lost. they went to Detroit and lost they went to Washington and lost so they had it was a little slide but I mean they had been playing really well they were solidified in the standings. You're right I mean I think that uh, you know these are human beings a little bit of the dog days, they're playing well sometimes when you're sometimes you're winning games that you shouldn't, when things are going well, and other times you lose games that you really play well in. So, they need to kind of get refocused. I think there's been a lot swirling around the team. They added Tarasenko, all this talk about Patrick Kane has been going on for several days now. I don't think there's any question that Patrick Kane will be a Ranger at some point later in this week. Uh it's just a matter of the timing with the cap, the, the each day Money kicks off the cap, and uh, later this week, through a variety of moves, the Rangers should be available. Should be able to fit Patrick Kane under the cap in a deal that will involve the third team taking on uh, some of the salary. Chicago yep. will lead half. The third team will lead half of that. The Rangers will pay twenty five percent of what's left against the cap. The good news for the Rangers and all this is Patrick Kane's contract. There's not a lot of real dollars on it. For so for someone to be a third party here it's not uh, they're not in a situation where they're being asked to take on a lot of dollars and so there's basically a little bit of a pecking order for teams that do that what they get in return and it's usually I would say in this case it will be a fourth or fifth round pick and Patrick Kane will end up as a Ranger I I don't I think you know pretty much I think that deal has been worked out and it's just a matter of the timing of the cap and making it all work
0: and obviously Patrick Kane you know, a star, a big name at this point, um, mid-30s. Uh, but what what do you see him bringing to the New York Rangers at this point?
1: Well, he certainly brings star power. He yep. brings Stanley Cup winning experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guys won three Stanley Cups. Uh, over the last 10 days or so, 15 days, I think once the word got around, he was pretty disappointed apparently when the <laughs> Rangers acquired Tarasenko. he mm-hmm. was, he was public in saying that you know i wasn't I wasn't the happiest ever to hear about a trade and he talked about the Rangers being intriguing to him and and after that, you know there was some talk that he's had some you know he's had a little bit of a hip issue and is he healthy and then he went out and just scored like seven goals in four games mm-hmm. and played really well and uh I think that. You know, when a guy like Patrick Kane is available, you have to really think hard about it. He only wanted to come to New York, apparently. I think that's pretty much the case. He has a no-move clause, so basically he tells the Chicago Blackhawks, listen, uh, I'm willing to move. I'm willing to waive my no-trade, but only for the Rangers. So it puts everybody in a position to, to kind of work together to make that deal happen. Something similar happened last year with Philadelphia and Claude Giroux and the Florida Panthers. So he brings that experience. He's still... I think a real talented player, obviously he has that, he has that chemistry with Panera and they had in Chicago. So they're hoping that they can kind of revive that here. It just gives the Rangers just a a myriad of options up front for Gerard Gallant to move guys around. It makes it hard for an opponent to focus your checking on, you know, I think you're still going to focus your checking on whoever's with Mika Mm -hmm. because He's their number one center and a star player in his own right, but it gives you so many more options. So, um, if you're Chris Drury and you're the New York Rangers, you haven't won the Cup since 1994, you have a really good team, you've got some really good young players, but, you know, you've got some players there like a Panarin and Kreider and guys that are into their early 30s now. Maybe the time is now. So I think Chris Drury has tried to do everything he can to make it happen. I really love their roster, Laurie. I think, you know, on paper, I think they could win the Stanley Cup. they got a great goalie. They're really, when everybody's playing on defense, if they stay healthy, I mean, they're loaded back there. I just told you what I think of their top nine. That makes their bottom, their back-end line now, their fourth line, even that more defined, you know, with Mott. And you can move Gaudreau back there. Maybe you can move VC back there.
0: Mm -hmm. All of a
1: sudden, the Rangers roster is pretty dynamic. So it was already dynamic. I already thought they had a really good chance to win the Cup this year with that group. And if Kane can come in, and again, everybody's healthy. You get a good matchup. You get out of the first round, you get things rolling. I think they have a great chance. Remember, this is a team that went to the final four last year.
0: Yeah, and I don't know why we've seen it before. Not you know in across all sports, a player, a star, as you say, like Patrick Kane with that pedigree. When sometimes you know they want to get out. He's in a situation now. He's obviously had a fantastic career with Chicago, but getting out of a situation with a team that's been sluggish and finding your way to a team that is in contention um, and coming to the spotlight of New York. We've seen it before when, when that happens and players, um, star players suddenly have that other gear, not to say they haven't been giving max effort, they haven't been trying hard, of course they have been, but that there's this other gear that can kick in, Um when you know they find themselves in this situation it wouldn't surprise me at all if patrick kane can, if he's healthy can find that
1: he showed it this last like i said these last couple of weeks because it just seemed like to be Laurie, that, like, he was
0: he was sick
1: <laughs> he was a little sick that yeah. people were like don't think i can still do it and he played really well now it's you're coming to a new situation there's different pressures he is supported by a really strong roster, but, you know, that might mean mm-hmm. less minutes than he's used to, and there's only a certain amount of guys on the power play. So mm-hmm. these, are, these are good problems to have, but they can be problems. And, you know, there's only one puck at the yep. end of the game, it's at the end of the day, and we've seen this, as you point out, we've seen this movie many times, and more, more often than not, it doesn't work out.
0: Mm-hmm. But I don't
1: think you don't do it because of that. You, you look at your team and you say, hey, can this guy help us – get us where we want to go. He's got chemistry with one of our star players. They've mm-hmm. played together before. He's won three times in this league. When you look at their roster, they don't have a lot of guys that have won Stanley Cups. That's why a Tarasenko is a valuable piece as well. So I think it's a, you know, it's a, I think it's a great move for them. I, I would do it if I was in that chair. If it's going to work out, who knows, because this league is really tough. As I just said earlier, the, six, the Eastern Conference is a minefield this year. So, uh, and especially if you finish in that 2-3 matchup, If you're in the Atlantic, it's likely going to be Toronto and Tampa. One of those teams will be out after the first round. In the Metro, could be the Rangers and Devils. One of them will be out. But I think all these teams are gearing up. You're seeing it. They're all making moves to try to get better.
0: Last one real quick before I let you go. Just um, Islanders, um, my sense is Lou Lamarillo you know, kind of took his shot, made his move late January at this point with where they are. um, They are not one of those uh, top six teams that really feel like a contender um, in the conference. So Lou Lamarillo, going to stand Pat?
1: I think Lou will do whatever it takes to help his team get better. Uh, Lou has always been about winning. Uh, He's got a little room to work with. I think they could, if they could add a little another piece up front, a little speed to their group, uh, that would be something that would be helpful. But, again, it just depends if it's something that makes sense for them and works within the cap. But, uh, listen, the honors want to make the playoffs this year, too, because they're in a new building for the second year, and uh, they want to be in the playoffs. Because once you get in, the honors are a team that, if they got in, they could be problematic because the goalie is real good. Yep. And the defense is is a pretty good group and they got a lot of guys that can just grind you and make it hard for you so you know if you're Lou i think and i think all these teams you know that are in that chase for those last two spots i i think you know you're trying to get in if you can because we've seen it in this league before you know strange things happen in the playoffs mm-hmm. in hockey and you get a hot goal you can do a lot and yep. the Islanders have a guy that can get really hot heck they got two so we'll see how it plays out
0: E.J. Raddick, uh, really appreciate the time, and we'll catch up with you soon.
1: You got it, Laura. You're you're the wizard. You knew in advance this was a good (laughs) idea. So uh, you have a great night, and we'll talk to you whenever you want. Give me a call. All
0: right. Thanks. Appreciate it.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.